Hello and welcome to the Galway Film Flaz podcast. I'm your host, Gary Kelly of gkmedia.ie and we are delighted to be producing daily packages of this year's festival for you featuring a series of reviews, previews and interviews. Joining me all this week to give their thoughts and insights on this year's screenings are Lisa Tracy. Good day. And Dave Coyne. Hello, cinema people. Now, you guys are no strangers to the Film Fla. No, uh, yeah. Some more than is, others. This is number 20 for me. Yeah, they call you Mr. Film Fla. Well, they used to call, they used to call me Mr. Film Fla, amongst other things, yes. You were involved for years in the Fla, Dave, weren't you? Yeah, uh, I started working at the Fla, I think, 2003. And Pierce Brosnan was the guest of honor back in those days. And uh, uh, Miriam was a little nervous because she found out that I was a big James Bond fan. And uh, th- she didn't tell me until the last minute that I had to look after him for a couple of events. But yeah. I worked at the FLA then for about 10 years on and off and doing all sorts of crazy, wonderful things for the FLA. So I heard a great story about Pierce Brosnan when he was over at the FLA. He was staying out, I think, in Glenlow Abbey and the car broke down that was bringing him back to the hotel and he got out, rolled up his sleeves with the driver and pushed the car into the hotel. <laughs> Sounds like him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool, you know. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. He actually drew a caricature of me for me and signed it. Wow. After I looked after him when he was doing the actor's masterclass. So. And I hope you still have it. Oh, God, yeah. And he's a renowned artist now. He is. So yeah. maybe that's worth money, but a caricature me is probably not worth a lot of money. So what were the other highlights for you of the FLA and the people you got to meet over the years you were uh, involved? I mean, it's, it's the people I got to meet, but also watching a film and then this is what I tell, quote unquote, the people who aren't in the film business around Galway about the FLA is... You can come here. You don't have to be in a club or part of a scene. You can just walk in and buy a ticket like you would for any normal, quote unquote, normal film. But the odds are you're probably going to see the director, the producer, the actors on stage introducing the film. Then afterwards, they might have questions and answers. Then you might go to the rowing club. You might bump into them and say, how are you? I really enjoyed your film. Have a chat with somebody and actually, you know, have a little flavor of the magic movie business. And that's what I love about it. Lisa, what about you? What are your fond memories of working in the FLA? Uh, I didn't technically work. I volunteered. Oh, well done, you. <laughs> yeah, so met lots of very interesting characters like Saoirse Ronan. No, I'm, I joke. She's not a very interesting character. She's a lovely girl. Uh, but a very nice man is um, Will Forte. Yes. Yeah, from yeah. SNL. Everyone loved him. Yeah, they both helped me when I almost tripped going up the steps one day. And that was that was my interesting moment at the flat. But uh, yeah, so just coming here, just seeing movies the last, the last uh, I'd say, 15 years Almost 20 years. Not as good as Dave, but not, not working at the flat, really. Yeah. Just a, an observer. Yeah. Well, I was lucky. I got to meet quite a few of the, the stars of the flat covering it for radio. So Jessica Lang, Woody Harrelson, Bill Pullman, Amanda Plummer from Pulp Fiction fame. But the standout moment for me was Peter O'Toole. Because when I walked in the room and met Peter O'Toole, he made me feel like the Hollywood star. He just had that charisma. Mm. yeah uh absolute gentleman yeah, i remember when he was here he, he was he was just so cool so chilled uh my favorite person that i've met at the fly a lot of those are amazing people was jeremy irons oh yes because when jeremy irons uh usually you know they arrive there's entourage there's people there's a driver that you know they come up in a big limo or whatever and they get dropped off uh jeremy irons rang me directly on my mobile himself and said, hello, is this Dave? I said, yeah, I can't do Jeremy's voice. And he said, hello, is this Dave? I said, yes. He said, listen, I'm arriving up from Cork in my assistant's car. Would you have some place for me to park my car? I said, sure. And he said, and um, can you get someone to look after my dogs? I said, sure, no problem, because I'm a dog person. I love dogs. And he arrived up 
I had a parking space ready for him. He he ignored everybody, came over to me. Hey, nice to meet you. Hello, how are you? Introduced me to his dogs, handed me the keys of his car. I sent him on his way to where he needed to be. And he trusted me with his dogs. Wow. And his car, and the car was just parked the car. But it was he was just so relaxed. And I'm here. Where do I go? There was no pomp or ceremony. He was very, very down to earth. And then at the end of the fla, he, you know, he was doing his interview, his big radio interview, and um, there were people waiting to meet him, and they were kind of standing to attention, waiting to meet him. You know, various actors and whatever wanted to meet Jeremy Irons. So he walks into the room to meet them. And I ignored him and I bent down on the ground to give a, a, a head of treat for his dogs, whom I knew at that point. And he gets down on the ground and the two of us are like on all fours talking to the dogs. And he's like, look what Dave got you. And we're chatting away. And then he leans over to me and he goes, okay, listen, Dave, I got to go and talk crap here. So thanks a million. See you later. And he was just so chilled and relaxed and a very fun guy. That's cool. Did I ever tell you about the time I interviewed him? Jeremy Irons? Yeah. No way. And I use this in his, as an example when I used to teach people radio production and so on. I got a phone call, we'll say at three o'clock, and they said, Jeremy Irons is going to be at the Radisson Hotel, which is now the Galmont, at 3.30. He'll be available for 15 minutes if you want to do an interview with him. And I was at home at the time, about five kilometers away. So I'm like, okay, I got to get gear and I got to formulate questions and get my, you know, stuff together to be able to sit down with this you know, amazing actor. So I arrived on time. I was a little bit flustered and I had printed up whatever material I could find. So I printed up his IMTB profile and I printed up his Wikipedia profile. Okay. The thing is, Wikipedia was kind of new at this stage and we all know that not everything is true on Wikipedia. So I arrive in anyways and he's cool as Anthony. He's sitting in his chair having a smoke and I put my sheets on the table in front of him and he leans across and he picks up the sheets of paper and he starts reading through the questions that I typed out. That <laughs> sounds like him, yeah. Then he goes through the IMDb profile and then he comes across the Wikipedia page and he starts going, hmm, hmm, that's not true. And he starts getting angrier and angrier. And I know that the clock is ticking. Like I have 13 minutes left now at this stage with them. And he's getting more and more angry. And I'm like, this is not how you want to start off an interview. So I'm like, oh, no, no, it's okay. Don't, not everyone believes what's on Wikipedia is true and all this sort of thing. But I spent about seven minutes convincing him that this was just something I grabbed on the way out. I was not doing an interview on what Wikipedia says about him. And then, of course, the batteries ran out of my <laughs> recorder, which was the, the mini disc recorders oh, back then. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was just nightmare after nightmare. But he was just so cool and calm after that. And we had a lovely chat. But I was like, of all the things that just can go wrong during an, an interview and don't let your interviewer no matter how famous they are see the questions or if you print up wikipedia or anything like that yeah. but also that's just total film fla <laughs> you know everything goes wrong nobody died it's the film flat we're here to have a few movies have a couple of beers and have a laugh and that's why the film flat is around for 35 years absolutely so as you said it is the 35th edition of the goy film flat which is fantastic it all kicked off last night with the miracle club as this year's opening movie and dave you actually got to catch up with some of the punters afterwards to get their thoughts on Thaddeus O'Sullivan's new movie. So let's hear what they had to say. Okay, so we're here outside the, the film fly on the opening night after seeing The Miracle Club. And we're here with Will Fitzgerald, former program at the film Flat. Will, tell us, what did you think of the, of the opening film tonight? Uh, that was a perfect opening night film. Really 
uh, emotional, very Irish, uh, the perfect kind of film to ease us into the week ahead. I think my, my highlight was hearing Jimmy Smallhorn talk on stage at the end about his reasons for wanting to make it. I was thinking, you know, while we were watching it, what the conversations they must have had in making this film that was about Lourdes and that place, you know, religion and Catholicism that was so central to it, which is sort of the opposite of the thrust of a lot of modern Irish filmmaking. And then to hear Jimmy talk about like growing up in Ballyfermot and about all these women that he knew and, you know, the thread of motherhood that ran through it and uh, being in Lourdes at the feet of the mother, it just all came together. I thought it was, it, uh, it was a beautiful tribute to the women that were in it and uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually shed a few tears at the end. I think it's an amazing story and I think it was really beautifully told. I also think it's intergenerational. It's as relevant today as it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And also the role of women and the powerful role that all of the mothers and the women played in the film came across very, very strongly. And very much in keeping with the ethos of the FLA this year, hitting their 50% target on female filmmakers. Very strong representation right across the board in the programme. But the film itself was absolutely beautiful beautifully shot and yeah and amazing characters amazingly strong women and also the voices of men through their expression at the end rather than their words was very very touching well i just loved it from beginning to end um it was very funny and it was very sad and i think maggie smith i mean i would just stand out in the rain to hear her but it was an amazing picture and i can't wait to i can't wait to go to lures a fantastic film and I think the performances by all the actors and actresses was was amazing um, to hear Maggie Smith and Kathy Bates with their Dublin accents was it was strange to see them do this but it was really good they were really convincing and the story is just wonderful it really captures that time in Ireland so I really enjoyed it I thought it was absolutely wonderful. It really showcased Irish artists, Irish culture, Irish the, the actual Ireland scenery everything it was just wonderful and very well presented. I loved it. So there you go, some feedback from last night's opening movie uh, this year. So we look ahead to what is happening today, which is officially day two of the FLA and a busy day of screenings across both the Town Hall Theatre and the Palace Cinema. But up first at 11 o'clock is the Irish language feature Viva Mary from director-producer Kahalo Kuuk, who produced, you might remember, the four-part TV documentary Shea, and he also did a great short that I saw years ago, and I think I saw it here at the Fla as well, called On Cliffa with Sean O'Malley. And Col also won a Celtic Media Award for Farewell to Music. And he's Maraidney Kuig's brother as well Correct. from TG Cara. So that's getting underway at 11 o'clock in the Palace Screen 1. Over in Screen 2 in the Palace is Know Your Place. And you got to get a, an early scoop on this feature film. Yeah, very, very interesting tonally. I loved the, 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 the atmosphere that this film creates and uh, some of the performances were just amazing. And the young guy whose name escapes me, at, um, the, the lead young guy, he was just so magnetic. I actually thought, I felt like this was more like a fly on the wall documentary, that the, the acting was so real, like you would believe that they were actually inhabiting the characters themselves. They were, everybody was really good. The mom, the granddad, the sister... The whole family, his best friend. But uh, it's it's a really good portrayal of life in America for immigrants because it's it's very real and it's 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 just shown the, the 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 trials and tribulations that go along with it and how you can turn a corner and your life can just turn on a dime. It's it's it was it was powerful stuff. 
So I suppose there's an important theme as well to the film, you know, what they're trying to say in this movie. Well, the, I think the main point of it is that his family uh, are Eritrean immigrants to America and his dad has passed away a year previous and they're struggling. Um, his sister is trying to keep food on the table. So she works like 12 or 15 hour shifts, shifts and I presume in a hospital by the outfit she had on. Uh, his cousin is sick in Eritrea and the cousin is his auntie or whoever uh, rings up his mom and asks her to send the money and medicine or something for send back to Eritrea. So she gets this suitcase full of like vitamins and Benadryl and and cash to send back with another relative over to Eritrea who's going on the plane and it's it's his job. It's I think his name is Faima is the name of the, the lead actor or the lead character. And it's his job to go across town to bring the suitcase. The it's it's just it's every tur- every corner he turns. It seems to be more difficult because between uh, the law and between uh, shall we say bad guys that take advantage of him or try to take advantage of him, you know he he, he it's it's a journey that he goes through, um, and it's to try and get back to his mom as well is another another struggle. But I'm not going to ruin it by telling you what happens. <laughs> well, it was the winner of the Grand Jury Prize at the Seattle International Film Festival. I think the minute this film opens, you know that there's something grand and epic about it. That I, I always think you know within the first 30 seconds if this is going to be a good movie or not. Just Oh yeah, the tone instantly, like it, it not to give much away, but it opens with the, a building being demolished, which my instant, my instant reaction is, where did they find that out? Did they demolish a building just for the film? Or like somebody's like, oh, my brother's demolishing a house next week. And like, oh, I want to make a film about that. So, you know, it was just great atmosphere straight away. And um, the tone and all of the religious baggage that this poor boy, you know, carries in the modern world with this is kind of forced upon him by his family. And yet, you know, somehow he's trying to hold on to his own moral compass, despite, as Lisa said, all of the you know, horrible barriers that are, are placed in front of him and around him uh, because of his immigrant status and the color of his skin and his uh, origins. It's it's a um, very, very interesting story. Excellent. So that takes place at 11 o'clock this morning. And then at 12 o'clock, the shorts kick off. It's a full week of shorts at the Galway Film Flower, which is great. Way out west getting underway at 12 o'clock here at the Town Hall Theatre where we are recording this podcast in our own little makeshift studio for the week and earlier on this morning i caught up with eve collins the director of shorts programming for the galway film flat eve collins director of shorts programming at the galway film flat thank you for joining me i know you're about to embark on a very busy day and a very busy week because there's shorts happening every single day here at the flat that you're going to be going through with us but we'll just look at what is happening today because it all gets underway with the Irish talent new shorts way out west at 12 o'clock here in the Town Hall Theatre. Yeah, we're really excited to be able to bring back Way Out West. It was a program that we had in previous years and we've brought it back for the 35th year. So it's celebrating culture and um, filmmakers from the west of Ireland. Um, So there's a nice selection there of different talents, different uh, genres. We've got documentaries, drama and animation just within the one program. And it's all content produced in the last year or so. 
Yeah, all recent content. So we have some we have some films that competed in different competitions or, or have been produced differently in Ireland recently. So we have the 48 hour little cinema competition winner. Well, they make a film literally in 48 hours at the little cinema. So part of the prize of that is getting to screen with us um, just to kind of raise a platform um, for them and raise, you know, be able to have that shown to a wider audience outside of Galway. So yeah, everything in this programme is new content and new films from talent in the West of Ireland is kind of a bit more of a leaning towards Galway unsurprisingly but we do have films from the Shannon Technical University one of their animated films we have ATU animations which obviously um, have students from all over Ireland and all over the world Um, so yeah there's there's a nice mix of people places and things. You must get a huge amount of shorts submitted every year how do you go through the process of making them I know Maeve was telling me in our opening episode a few weeks ago just after the launch of uh, the FLAB program that you know certain films if they're three hours long they just won't make the program because they're too long like what's the kind of criteria that you're looking for? Yeah, I think with shorts it tends to be about the program itself for me anyway so uh, and I think filmmakers don't quite always understand that you could have two films that are equally fantastic and well-made and well-produced and great talent involved but just for whatever reason they they just don't flow in the same program and then you have to find a new home for it and maybe it just doesn't work in any program and that for be for very very different reasons so that's kind of what it comes down to like we we watch all of the films then get a kind of a long a long long list and then start programming and it's like literally like jigsaws you know does this work does that work um i can't have the same actor particularly is the problem with irish shorts i can't have the same actor um i can't have um the same themes covered too much or if it's too similar or not too dissimilar enough um and stuff like the flow for the audience is really important you know, you wouldn't want to go from something really funny to really dark to really funny because you just get whiplash and you can see it in an audience and they come out, they're just like, what the fudge did I just see? So curating that balance and that flow and that audience experience is something that's very important. So sometimes that's less so to do about length and it's less so to do about even the topic, you know, they're covering and it's more about the feeling of the film and how how the audience feels. So uh, yeah, definitely when something gets to the 30 minute stage, it's very hard to balance out. Um, with other shorts because you're asking somebody to listen to a a watch a 40 minute 30 minute story and then three four minute stories and it just it just can be quite discombobulating for the audience so that's usually why the long ones don't work it's nothing to do with the length more to do with the the program itself Um, but in saying that we do have 30 I can't remember 30 or 40 minute doc in our world shorts program so like there's exceptions to the rule detainment was a big one uh, that came into us a few years ago I remember it very well and chatting to Vincent beforehand and he said I think it was 30 32 minutes and I straight away I was like it's going to be too long watched the 32 minute version and then after he came back to me he's like we've done a 28 minute and it was totally different it was not the same and I was like go back to the 30 odd minute because it just for whatever it was in those two minutes had just lost something and maybe it was a point of privilege to be able to see each of them but definitely the 30 minute and, and it went on to do very very well so you know, you have to you have to know where your story works um, and kind of stick to your guns a little bit. Um, that's gone totally off topic. No, but that's mad though, because we're now in a world of short is good and, you know, social media and constant thumb scrolling. But it's very interesting to hear you've seen something that just had four minutes taken off, how it drastically destroyed the story as such. 
Yeah, and it happens a lot. Sometimes another big thing we get is you're watching a film, you're like, does this do justice to this point of view? Because short films, they tend to, um, the filmmakers, it tends to be something that's really important to them or to the writer or the community that they're, they're representing. And sometimes you watch it and you're like, this is a story that needs to be shared, but is this doing justice? And sometimes it's just too tight and, you know, they've cut away too much of the heart of it or equally they've dragged it out and it's just too long and it's it's a 20-minute film that should be 18 minutes even or eight minutes. So, like, a lot of that is to do with the pace, um, you know, actually knowing your work and knowing the story and um, and being able to honour that and to do it justice is, is another big thing, yeah. For those who don't know, can you tell us how many years you've been involved in the world of shorts and selecting shorts. So I volunteered for the FLA, I want to say over 15 years ago now. No, I, I'll show my age. I think I was 16 when I volunteered for the first first year and I wasn't allowed to say I was a volunteer because I was 16 but uh, I volunteered and then I just totally fell in love with it and then from there kind of was doing um, ushering and then I started um, in the reg desk and then started doing programming I kind of just fell in love with shorts basically because it was the easiest thing to get to in the morning I was watching them and thinking like these are fantastic why is this not jam-packed every single day and then I kind of took the mission on myself to to work for international Irish festivals and to say you know these are some really good films I've seen you should think about doing an Irish focus or a lot of international Irish festivals in particular they have run by really small budgets and you know people who just love Irish culture and community um so I kind of started offering my services and saying you know I've got these films or I've seen these films or do you need help you know you're not screening any shorts why is that which was a big thing and started working there and now work for international festivals um as well as the FLA so like I think this is probably my sixth year at the FLA, uh, doing the shorts, but lots of other international festivals too. So yeah, I, I watch a lot of films, thousands and thousands of shorts within a year. I saw the shorts last year and I was blown away by them. And I did have a short film in the FLA before and I would be absolutely mortified if it was shown on the screen today with the calibre that is up there. Have you noticed yourself, even over the six years, that filmmakers here are improving? Definitely, definitely. And it goes back to, I think people are being maybe a little bit more braver about the story they're going to tell. Uh, It's definitely down to resources as well. Like, I think for a while or in the past shorts were really thought as a student project or just a stepping stone or just just this thing that you had to do before you made your feature before you started directing tv but that's not the case at all and definitely not anymore um some people's art form just is short film um uh, which i'm always a big fan of so i think i think that appreciation has been able to to develop some really, really interesting talents and some really, really interesting ways of making films and budgets and creativity. So definitely the stuff you see up there now, it's been made with love and passion and it comes on, you know, from the people behind that they saw their shorts at previously, you know, and they took inspiration from. So definitely leaps and bounds. Like, I'd say I could have filled another five programs with shorts just as good that were just difficult, just difficult to find the right place for. Um, so, yeah, and it always makes me so sad to say to say no to them, but then so delighted when they get into Cork or they get into Dublin, they, you know, they, they find their home for their film and they have their own trajectory and their own journey. And I think particularly for the flat, 
like we love shorts and Will and Maeve in both in their own ways have come through shorts as well so they appreciate shorts so it's not like the second hand it's not the small thing I think usually they're one of the first things to sell out on the Saturday and Friday and Saturday at least um, so I think that love and appreciation for them has helped develop you know the, the talent pool that is there and the stuff that we get submitted uh, and get to screen. And just quickly following on from that as well because you have seen thousands of short films what makes a short film work? Oh, um, if I knew that, I'd be a rich lady. Like every short film has a very different uh, place. Um, so sometimes it is about knowing what that place is for it. Is it a festival? Is it online? Is it on Instagram? Like the same short that wins at huge festivals, that wins a can, doesn't go and win at Tribeca like they're very different audiences equally that film might do really badly online because it's a cinematic film but then at the other side of it like this short piece that never you know short fun whimsical or you know particularly horror works really really well online and you know putting that in Vimeo and getting Vimeo staff pick is just as just as you know fruitful as winning a can really now it has one has a different level of prestige but maybe you don't want prestige maybe you won't work so you know it, it is very different each short film has its own journey and its its own uh, thing that makes it special and of course the big thing about getting it into the Goy film fla is the gateway to the oscars yes we have three oscar accredited uh, awards so we now have animation documentary and live action so we have something for everybody and um, documentary in particular over the past few years since we've had that the caliber of documentaries has just been absolutely insane um so and that's been growing and growing so yeah definitely that is the big thing for people they get the they get the oscars but also i think they just like get the flag they get the rowing club they get to go to the market you know they you know they get to be part of something um bigger than you and that's quite inspirational and you know gives gives something to the industry that's uh, quite important so way out west kicks off at 12 o'clock this morning and it's an hour and a half or so of a screening so it's digestible you're not going to come out uh, like I think years and years ago when I was going to the flat it could have been three hours and you're coming out into daylight like a zombie and you're after watching maybe 20 different stories and it's a bit overwhelming as we were saying and then shorts docs kicking off at half one yeah, so they're the world shorts. So they're just documentary world shorts. So as I mentioned, we start off with um, quite a, a long piece called The Noble Guardian, uh, which is a 40 minute film, which just deserves 40 minutes of everyone's time and energy. Um, but then we kind of really dive off into different cultures from there. So we've got some stuff on um, pufflings in Sweden uh, and um, the Aboriginal community in Australia and the deaf community in prisons in, in the States, which is something I've never thought about before but when you watch this you're like how and how and why have I never thought about this so really diving into those cultures those um, international films with you know really diverse communities represented but also stories that needs to be told and that have done it really really well and it goes back to that doing doing justice to the story all of these films do really good justice to to the subjects and the people they're they're representing. So is there anything we should be looking out for in either of today's screenings? I can't really say. I can't really say. There's a few in there that really have my heart, particularly in the way out west. You know, UNESCO City of Film. It's so nice when you get all the filmmakers together one place um, and be able to to share their work and share it on a big stage. Um, so that's just that general vibe and general excitement is, is, is something that's always very special for me. 
Well, Eve, thanks a million for joining us on the podcast this morning. The best of luck with the screenings of Way Out West at 12 o'clock and the World Shorts docks at 1.30. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thank you very much. Many thanks to Eve for joining us on the podcast. And Eve will be joining us every morning uh, looking ahead to the various shorts that are taking place and being screened at the FLA this year. Now, also on at two o'clock this afternoon is the documentary from director, writer and producer Emmett Sheeran, Who Would Jesus Bomb? Lisa, talk to us about this. Well, if you cast your mind back to 2003, we were in a very difficult situation where America was about to go to war with Iraq and they were trying to get everybody on board to go to that war. And uh, some people took it upon themselves. Well, sorry, it was 2002 this happened. Anyway, my uncle-in-law, as in my husband's uncle, uh, is a member of a, a group that went down to Shannon to try and stop the planes from taking off from Shannon or to try and investigate what was going on on the planes, not to try and stop them, but just to try and see what was actually on the planes. And this documentary is uh, is based around that and they're Christian activists and they're just trying to, They were their heart is in the right place and they're just trying to stop the American war machine at the time as best they could. Yeah, and I think it's an interesting documentary as well considering what's going on geopolitically at the moment as well. And, yeah. you know, Ireland has always taken pride in being neutral, but I suppose this documentary possibly questions that status as well. Mm. So um, definitely for people who aren't familiar with that, uh, it's well worth seeing. And uh, I think it's a good reminder for those of us who, who very clearly remember what was going on at that time and the very much black and white scenario of the whole thing as, as well to just re- remind ourselves especially comparing it to what's going on nowadays as well in europe now we have to look ahead to this evening's big movie past lives and the irony about this is it's a debut feature film from director celine song who really in terms of credits worked as a writer on the wheel of time uh, which was an eight-part series on Amazon Prime and season two premieres in September. But she's been tipped for an Oscar on her debut film. People are raving about this film, Past Lives, screening at quarter past six in the Palace. It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, and as it says in the Film Flat program, it received stunning five-star reviews described by The Hollywood Reporter as one of this year's best films I was speaking to Maeve McGrath, the Film Flash Director of Programming, and she was telling me that she saw some very reputable film reviewers from Ireland in at the screening of this in Dublin with her, and they were crying. They were so moved by this movie. And even ourselves, we were saying, I haven't seen the trailer. Mm. We've Can't been wait so, to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be a big movie. People are trying to get tickets <clears throat> well i mean any any film that has a, a little whiff of oscar about it just gets elevated above but when you think about the concept of feature film directorial debut and people aren't just like a whiff of oscar this has got people are actually openly talking about it that just tells you that this is a must see and the director is going to be there this evening to do, you know, a Q&A with the audience afterwards i mean lucky lucky people but she know you know she's well aware of the buzz around her and the flower buzzing when they knew that they secured this film, knowing the reputation that it was already getting. And to get the director that everyone is now talking about at the flower 
in Galway tonight talking about the movie. I think it's just class. Yeah, and it's just wonderful for the FLA because we, 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 we often get, you know, up-and-coming talent here at the FLA and, you know, there's no more up-and-coming than Oscar buzz about your directorial debut. So I am looking forward to watching that film, whether I get a screen, get a... a um, See it or not, but you know, I usually get in everywhere, so <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wrangle something. You'll have to worry. dress up as Barry Mallon or uh, something, you know. <laughs> it wouldn't put it past me. <laughs> we give a nod as well to here, which is winner of the best film at uh, Berlin Alley, uh, which screens at eight o'clock in the Palace tonight. And also Connor King, who directed, wrote, and produced A Passing Place, getting its world premiere at the Galway Film Flat tonight and there's going to be a post-show discussion to follow as well and as Dave you were saying like it's really cool to sit in a room with people watch a movie for the first time ever with those people and those actors the directors the producers the writers they're there up on the stage afterwards you know it's it's that immediate connection and just to be able to kind of hear how they made the movie but also be able to ask them questions and you know it's um, and to see you know so many so many directors with their debut films coming to the fla as well is cool yeah that's one of the wonderful things about the fla if you if you think about comic con and all these events that have been going in recent years and they're very popular you know we have it here in galway you can come down buy a ticket for a film come in sit there see like proper some movie stars you know proper actors and up-and-coming directors who you will see in the future. And you say, oh, yeah, I saw that person's debut film or whatever. And you can ask them a question. And it's it's magic. And, you know, sometimes these movies are not, quote-unquote, Hollywood, you know, huge budgets. They're, you know, personal films about people and drama. And they're much more interesting, of course. But the fact that you can see these people up on stage, it's just magic. And uh, that's why we keep coming back. Well, speaking of personal stories and drama, I mean, I think that really sums up Tonight's movie at seven o'clock in the Town Hall Theatre, Love Without Walls, from director-writer Jane Gull. And it stars Niall McNamee, who, in my ignorance, I I didn't know he was actually a musician. So when the movie started off, I was like, this is a really good song. I wonder who's (laughs) who's actually singing it. Actually, to be honest, I thought thought the exact same. Uh, And then I did a bit of research in my ignorance and discovered that yeah, I've actually heard his music before, but I just didn't put him as an actor together as the singer-songwriter that he is. I actually love the song that it kind of plays a few times through this movie and stars Shanna Swash as well. This is a beautiful movie. Like, it's it's kind of like a romantic movie, but it's maybe the reality of life, <laughs> you know, where it's it, it's it's not your perfect rom-com, but it's just two people in love with each other going through a really crap time and just when you think it can't get any worse it does yeah yeah for them it's this is really well but it's not directed. a depressing movie either. no not not depressing there's hope in throughout the yeah, whole yeah. entire movie you think that it's just going to go down this path and it's just going to get worse and worse but there's like this glimmer like they never lose hope either of them and it's it's really beautiful about their the love they have for each other that they can overcome everything and they literally do have love without walls and the whole point is that they're they've they have no walls they ended up on the streets and uh and it shows how easy it is to end up in that so situation easy. as yeah. well yeah and you you don't you just don't realize that not not every situation is the same it's not it's everyone's story was different that they met mm. um and it just hit their own story was was heartbreaking but but so hopeful i yeah. thought fair play to them 
it is a lovely movie and I uh, highly recommend it. And Niall McNamee, for those, you know, if we're, we're doing a little bit of juicy gossip here, he's the boyfriend of another amazing singer-songwriter, Melda May. Oh. And rumour is she will be in town <gasps> tonight. Dun, dun, dun. But there's going to be a lot of kind of well-known faces around Galway tonight with the screening of Love Without Walls and Past Lives. So even if you don't have tickets for a movie, if you like gawking, <laughs> seeing who's around. Who doesn't like a good gawk, in <laughs> oh, fairness? Oh, the old people's body. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, get into Galway City tonight and um, just enjoy the energy of the fly. Yeah, come on down. Uh, get a coffee or a beer or whatever your tipple is and you wouldn't know who you'd bump into. Like, I walked into the toilets one afternoon here in the Town Hall Theatre and beside me in the urinal was Woody Harrison. Wow, you know? what a story. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have shoes on? I didn't look I hope down so. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him at that land not having shoes on a lot. Yeah. I hope you had it. Yeah, but I didn't look down. <laughs> <laughs> There's no follow-up story or part two there, but um, and that is the thing about the own club as well. You just never know who you'll bump into rub shoulders with and and everyone is there's no ears or graces or you know, egos. Everyone's on the same level. Apart from me. I mean, I'll be oh, there, yeah. and but don't come and talk to me. <laughs> just just stay away. I don't want to. I'm kidding. Don't ask I'm kidding, of course. Dave. No, but seriously, we'll be there. So come down and say, we love your podcast. Or And if you have any you stories know, from the fly as well, let us know. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we want to hear your stories. Yeah. Yeah. You might see us around asking for Vox Pops as well yeah, yeah. during the week. Don't so be shy. Don't be shy. Uh, there's other screenings on as well. You know, it's impossible to go through every single screening at the FLA because it's a jam-packed program. But for music lovers as well, there's Louder Than You Think, which was the winner of the South by Southwest Audience Award this year. So that screens tonight at 10 o'clock at the Town Hall Theatre. And for a full lineup of everything taking place at the FLA, head to their website, galwayfilmfla.com. And we, o- we only found out this morning as well, the programmes, the jam-packed programmes, which is, I say is well over 100 pages, they're free this year. Hey. So you've no excuses, you know, grab yourself a program or go online, book yourself a movie and get involved in this year's Goalie Film Flow. So Lisa and Dave, thank you for joining me this morning. Looking ahead to what is happening this Wednesday at the Goalie Film Flow. Enjoy whatever you get to go and see throughout the day. And I look forward to hearing all about it on tomorrow morning's podcast. Excellent. Coffee, 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 coffee. Yeah, coffee, coffee. Coffee. <laughs>